Many of you may remember that uh, a few months ago I uh, was put into a, a, a walking boot because I had a stress fracture in my uh, foot from running. And so since September of last year, I have uh, barely been able to uh, do a lot much physical activity because of that injury. And I've become aware of the need to uh, get a little bit more active, try and get into shape. And I've considered joining uh, gyms, and I've looked into several of the gyms. And, and the biggest problem that I found with, with these gyms is, is they, they offer some great membership packages, and they have personal trainers. But I've yet to find a single personal trainer that whenever I get a little bit winded, I can tap out, and they'll finish the exercise for me. Or, or I can put on a heavy weight, and they'll carry 70% of it, and I can do the 30%. They just won't do that. And so I haven't pulled the trigger, which has left me still with the need to, to get into shape. But I think I finally found the, the solution. I found an app on my phone that you can take a picture of yourself and you can reshape your body. You can take in the love handles a little bit. You can add a six-pack. You can reshape the, the bicep and everything. But not, I tried that, and, and it wasn't quite enough. So they also had where you could take a bodysuit. So I sent this picture to my wife this weekend and told her that the problem was solved. I'm, I'm in shape now. And you laugh because you've tried it too, but also because you know that that doesn't solve the problem. That, that I'm not reaping the benefits of, of having that kind of physique. I'm not reaping the benefits of, of having more energy that comes from working out and eat, eating healthier, that, that having somebody else do all the work for you, it doesn't do any good. I share that with you because we have been talking about the, the, the reason that we exist, and it's in our mission statement, is to become more like Christ. The expectation for every one of us is that we will be growing, we will be maturing, and becoming more like Christ. The problem is that we have created a system within our American churches that what we expect is, is we're going to hire some professional trainer and they're going to do all the work for us. I, I'm saddened every time I hear of somebody that, that's leaving this church, leaving another church, and their the reasoning is, I just don't feel like I'm being fed. And I'm saddened because that's not why we are here. I, I'm not a preacher to do the work for you. We don't have shepherds that, that, that do the work for you. Our youth minister and our children's minister, they are not here to do the work for you as parents and grandparents. But instead, whenever you read Ephesians 4, the, the, the reason that, that God has, has created leaders within the church is to equip. is to do what a real trainer would do, is to, to come alongside and to coach and to motivate and, and, and to teach you how to do it yourself. And that's what this series has largely been about is, is trying to motivate you because we know how easy it is to just get complacent, to get busy in so many other areas of your life and, and to let some priorities slip. And so we want to take a second look or another look, a fresh look at, at why we are here. 
And I shared with you the first week that on June 30th, today, that we would have a ministry fair. That we want to, to put before you, uh, uh, to do a better job of putting before you, the, the opportunities that there are within this community to serve. We have tables that are set up at the back, and, and both tables are exactly the same. We have divided up the, the opportunities, the ministries, into three different directions that our service is directed in. The first is, is inward. Some of our service, it is, it is about us. It's about loving one another. It's about building up those who are already in Christ and a part of this faith family. There are a number of different areas that you can serve in, but I want to, to just emphasize a couple of opportunities that, that you could get plugged in and, and begin serving immediately. In our children's area, we have an, an immediate opportunity for you to, uh, to begin serving. What we would like to begin doing is not just have a teacher for every Bible class, but also to have another adult in there. Because the, inevitably, somebody's going to need to go to the bathroom and then you have to take everybody or, or you leave the, the class there by themselves. And, and it just makes sense for security, but also it makes sense for the, the development of our children. Research is starting to, to uh, reveal that one of the most significant factors in children remaining faithful in church and, and, and having a faith whenever they grow up and they're out of high school is, are they connected with big church? It's not about how, how cool, how inventive the, the, the youth and children's program is. It's how many adults, other than their parents, do they have a relationship with that are invested in them? And there's an opportunity for you to, to, to just go. You don't have any responsibility to teach, but you can just sit. And you can get to know the kids. You can high-five them. You can love on them. There's also opportunities to, to, to serve uh, in, in areas like our, our security team. We have, uh, you, you may not be aware, but we have a, a group that, that every time there's a function here at the building that they are here to make sure that we are safe. And they, they have to walk that balance, that, that delicate line of, of being uh, invisible so that it doesn't make us uncomfortable, but uh, being a, a visible presence whenever there's a need. And there are some of those guys that, that, uh, that are uh, on that, that team that they're not able to participate in our worship time because they're serving during both services. And there's an immediate opportunity for you to get plugged in if that's, if that's an area of interest, if that's an area that you uh, see that God may be inviting you into. Another area, uh, other direction that, that we, can, uh, we can send our, our service in is, is upward. And this, these ministries are primarily about our, our worship of God, leading our worship of God. Uh, our, our praise team, they, they help uh, lead us in worship. They, they help teach us new songs. There's uh, some that, that come on Wednesday nights and they, they participate in that, that group and learning the songs and, and they're not comfortable holding a mic on Sunday and that, that's okay. 
but you can begin to serve on that. There's, there's opportunities for you to serve with the, the audio and video uh, uh, ministry. If you uh, have any interest in technology, you can begin to, to serve with that. And I know that some of you, that, that the, the public format isn't for you. Um, you may be at a stage of life where, where health kind of prohibits you from, uh, from doing a lot of physical things. But you can pray. You can pray. Uh, I, I invite people to pray for me. That whenever I proclaim, whenever I stand up on the stage, that, that I am proclaiming the word of God and as, it, as it should be proclaimed. That, that I'm doing an adequate job of connecting it with where people are. That whenever there are, are people from the community that come into this place, that they hear the word of God, that they're convicted by that word. You can do that at home. You can, there's a, a group of prayer warriors that they meet up here at the building on a, a fairly consistent basis. And you can join that team. Then there's the direction of outward. That it's not primarily directed at God. It's not primarily directed at, at our own faith community. But it's, it's to those that are yet to be a part of our community. There are some ways of serving that we partner with, with community organizations, that they are already uh, invested in a specific area. And, and you'll see those uh, listed in your bulletin. You'll see those uh, at, at the tables as well. There's a lot of information packets from those, those community partners that we have that, that you may have an interest in a certain area and you can begin to serve God in our community through one of those partners. One of those is uh, the High Plains Children's Home. And an opportunity that, that will be coming up in the near future is uh, we are going to uh, try to, to have a, a, a couple of different nights where you can come. I don't know if you remember uh, a few years ago there was uh, some stores that were kind of popping up across the, across the country. Some, uh, some of them were branded as, as Super Suppers. And you would go to the, the, this location, and they would have all of the, the, the food uh, set out for you and uh, the recipes, and then you would kind of prepare essentially a casserole that you would then take home, and, and it was, you'd stick it in the freezer, and you, you could cook it. Uh, you could just heat it up. You could cook it. It was already prepared. We're going to try and do that and provide some casseroles for uh, the house parents at the the High Plains Children's Home. That we'll have the stations already set up that you can come up with, with some friends or, or a family together and, and together you can serve and that casserole is not going to go home with you. It's going to go to uh, th those foster parents so that, or those house parents so that on those nights whenever they're, they're just tired, they're, they're up to here and they may not have the resources to go out and, and buy food, to, to buy takeout for everybody, but they can just pop something in the oven and it's there for them. There's also an opportunity to serve in the planning and execution of, of our fall kickoff. This fall, and you're going to hear more about this as time draws nearer, but we're going to, to begin uh, kind of our, our fall push to, to uh, bring more people to Christ 
with having a guest speaker by the name of Steve Hemphill, and he's going to present a series of lef- lessons about uh, prayer and spiritual warfare. And we're going to, to, to do some planning about that. If you'll remember last year, we, we had uh, hamburgers cooked and, and we had uh, some stations all set up where, where kids could play and, and people could kind of gather around. We're looking to do something like that again. But we want to do a better job of, of inviting people. And you can help in the, the, the planning of that and in the prayer over that. Those are just some of the, the opportunities that there are to serve immediately. And what we want to do this morning is, is we don't want to hesitate. We know that, that for some of you, God, you, you've been praying about it, and God has been working on you. And we want to ask that you make a commitment to serve in some area. So we have the, the tables. They're exactly the same. There's several sign-up lists. They're all the same. And what we're asking this morning is that you take the time to sign your name in an area that you want to serve in. For some of you, you may know a specific ministry that, that, that God is inviting you to serve in. Others of you, you may not really know what, what area you want to serve in, but, but maybe it's just a direction. You, maybe some of you, you, you just feel like we need to be more outward focused, and so you want to, you want to help out with that. What we're going to do is, is, as a staff, we're going to follow up with, with each and every one of you. And if you don't know the specific ministry, we're going to sit down and have a conversation with you and, and help you discover how to become more like Christ. We're going to provide a space right now for you to do that. We're going to take essentially kind of an intermission here, uh, have about five minutes where where you can act immediately on that. If if, uh, getting up is is not physically possible for you or it just takes too much out of you, you can't make it there and back in five minutes, you can just kind of raise your hand, make eye contact with me, and I'll come over and and we'll, we'll sit down and, and visit a little bit. At the end of the five minutes, Dusty will lead us in another song or two to kind of draw us back together, and we will uh, continue this morning. Let me pray, and then we'll have our intermission here. Father, I thank you for what you are doing in us and through us. I pray that that you will help us as a leadership to be, be responsive to the needs of this community uh, of faith, but also the community at large. Pray that you will multiply the efforts. Pray that you'll do this through Christ's power. Amen. Those tables will still be uh, set up if you didn't have a chance to to get all the information that you would like or to sign up as you would like, those tables will be set up um, at least the rest of today and, and possibly even uh, next week. We, we may uh, consider that as well. So as we move on to the third activity that grows our faith, it is celebration. And that sounds a little bit strange, to say that, that our worship, it actually grows us. 
But I want to begin with acknowledging that the Bible commands our worship. But that does not mean that God needs it. Psalm 105 begins with a, a almost command to give praise to the Lord, proclaim His name, make known among the nations what He has done. And whenever you step back from just this is what we've always done and begin to think about it, that sounds very self-centered of God to command that, that people worship Him. I mean, how insecure is He that He needs our praise? He needs us to tell us what He's done for us. But the Bible also makes it clear that God doesn't need it from us. In Psalm 50, God says that, that if I were hungry, I would not tell you because the whole earth is mine. Now that's contrary to the, the thought of the ancient Near East religions. Because they believed that whenever they sacrificed animals, that they were providing food to the gods, that the gods were dependent upon them. But the God of Israel comes along and says, I don't need anything from you. So why is it that he commands worship if he doesn't need it from us? It's because the worship is, is for us. That worship, whenever you, you look at, at the times that people worship, it is always an awakening to God's goodness, the, the, the beauty that is around us, the, the gifts from God. It is a response to God's goodness. You heard Pat, Pat uh, Bowers speak earlier about the need to, to be grateful, and that, that's what he was speaking about, is, is that we need to uh, open our eyes to the gifts that are from God all around us. This is why Paul, he encourages to replace anxiety with thankfulness, with joy in Philippians 4. That, that you're not to worry, you're not to be anxious about anything, but to rejoice. That you are to open your eyes to the good gifts that have come from God. And not only does God command it of us, but, but Jesus also demonstrated it. In fact, Jesus seldom missed an opportunity to celebrate. I don't know if you ever thought about that Jesus, he went to church. Luke chapter 4 verse 16 says that he, he went to Nazareth, which was his hometown. It's where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. That was his practice. He went to the synagogue every single Sabbath day. In his humanity, Jesus needed worship. And I've chosen to use the word celebration instead of worship because I think the word worship for many of us it, it 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 doesn't capture what you see in scripture the the baseline standard the the minimum standard throughout scripture for worship is make a joyful noise now you may not be able to carry a tune you may not be able to hit the right pitch but 
I believe every one of you can make a joyful noise. And that's what worship is. It is whenever you reach that threshold of, of just being in awe of an experience. And, and you can't contain it within you anymore. It just has to come out of you. It's a joyful noise. Most of the time, that, that joyful noise comes out of us in the form of laughter. I read a couple of weeks ago that the average four-year-old laughs 300 times a day on average, while the average 40-year-old laughs four times. Why is that the case? That, that as we age, we find less joy in life. Whenever you look at Jesus, if you're really paying attention, he lived his life full of joy. He, he, he has a great sense of humor. I mean, whenever he talks about, about a, a camel walking through the eye of a needle, uh, that, that is full of sarcasm and wit. There, there's so much of what Jesus says that, that he's, he's using humor. He, he's, he's saying the unexpected. It's even at the end of his life that Jesus sees the value in celebration. At the conclusion of the last meal that he shares with his disciples, Matthew 26 tells us that, that they sing a hymn. They celebrate together and then he goes out into the garden. And why would he choose to celebrate in that moment? His darkest hour is coming. But I think Jesus understood something that we forget if we ever knew. That celebration, it restores us. I didn't say restores. It restores us. We don't fully understand worship. If we think all worship does is restore us, it restores us. There are a lot of stories, a lot of narratives that you will be told throughout your life. But worship... It provides us a different story to live out of. The story of Anthony Ray Hinton is told in his autobiography, The Sun Does Shine. Anthony was convicted of a murder that he did not commit and spent 30 years on death row in Alabama. That story in and of itself is, is uh, quite powerful, especially whenever you get to the end and he's been released now. But what is even more unique about his story is the way that he lived while he was on death row. Knowing that, that there may be others that were wrongfully convicted in the, the death row ward of the prison he was in. But there were also many that they had committed the, the crime. One man that he befriended was a white man by the name of, of Henry uh, Hayes. Henry Hayes was born into a family of KKK members. Henry Hayes participated in the last lynching that took place in Alabama. He deserved 
what he was getting by human standards. But Anthony Ray Hinton, he was raised by a mother that taught him to love. And so that's what he did. He loved everybody. He loved the guards that, that, that viewed it as their joy to abuse these guys. He started a book club to try and teach these prisoners a different way of living. One point of the book, he says, I'm going to tell the world about how there was men in here that mattered, that cared about each other and the world, that were learning how to look at things differently. They weren't perfect, but they were learning how to look at things differently. And that's what worship does for us. Let me just share one story that, that I find difficulty in not living into. The, one of the, the primary stories that, that I tell myself is that, that I'm not enough, I, I'm not going to have enough, I'm going to run out. And, and it's le- it leads me to, to, to holding things in, in, in a number of areas. One of the most prominent areas is with my money. I have a, a cousin that I, I found out just recently, uh, he is an accountant and he's uh, begun working with uh, Dave Ramsey, the, the financial uh, counselor and radio personality. This last Christmas, while at work, the, fi- the fire alarms went off. Whenever all the employees made their way out of the, uh, out of the building, there were several charter buses out there and Dave Ramsey was there to hand every single employee a thousand dollars and took them to the mall to spend a thousand dollars on Christmas for for their families whenever I heard that story I I did not think that that would be cool to have happen I, I experienced a lot of anxiety if if somebody gave me money and said that I had to spend it I, I would it would be more stress than, than a gift to me. Because of the narrative that I tell myself, and it leads me to live in very selfish ways. It has led to a lot of conflict in my marriage because of that. Whenever I come to worship, and I am reminded of all that God has done for us, like, like Pat pointed out. Whenever I contribute part of the money that, that I have received, I am reminding myself of a different story. A story that, that communicates in one sense that I am enough because I am a child of God and another sense that says that I don't have to be enough because He was. And every time that I do that. Not every time is it joyful in the way that the scripture encourages us to do. But every time, I am reminding myself that the story of this world, that my story, it doesn't begin in Genesis 3 with, with the fall. It doesn't begin in Genesis 3 with wickedness. It begins in Genesis 1 with, with goodness. And it ends when Jesus comes again 
and it's all good again. I want that for you. I want you to make a joyful noise because of the goodness of God and experience the transformation. We've been focusing on Romans 12 all year long and and how we can be transformed, how you can begin to live a different kind of story. That's what I'm inviting you into. We're going to sing again. And I don't care if you can carry a tune. I want you to make a joyful noise. Maybe you'd like to to begin living a new story. We invite you to come into Christ, to be baptized into His name, to rise and live a new life. Maybe you need prayers. Some of our shepherds will be at the back of the worship center. I'll be at the front. Whatever your need is, we invite you to come as we stand together to make a joyful noise.